The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Raskin. I'm a writer, mental health advocate, and according to my gastroenterologist, I have a very straight colon. <laughs> Every week I come to this show to have my world rock, and I didn't ask for this. Apparently, sometimes it's hard to get in a colon, and it's all kind Don't of, I know it's it. It's kind of curve okay kind of curved and stuff but when oh, they yeah. did my colonoscopy she said you know it's very straight <laughs> yep you know as someone who's been in some colons before that makes sense you know not every colon is the same and i feel like you haven't some- been in a colon yeah a rectum but that's not the colon you don't know where i've been okay you don't know how big things are all right well, anyway, I'm Gabe Dunn. <laughs> I'm a writer, bicon, bisexual icon, wink. And <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Yeah. I, you know what it is, is that I love that we have this show for your medical updates. Yeah, that's what people want. That is what they want. They want to know what's going on. What do I got? How can we solve it? <laughs> I wish we could solve it. This is actually a show called The Doctors. And um, what we do is it's mostly just Allison comes on. We get a doctor on. And then to sort of subvert the American healthcare system, we have them virtually diagnose Allison. Why haven't we done that? We really should. We really should. You know, because often it's just me sending pictures of of various problems to my friend Liz, who's a doctor, and also my sister-in-law, who's a doctor. Oh, you sent you you send One out your time, stuff? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay, let's get into it. So I'm a backtrack to I'm a woman. It's 2020. Okay. It's the it's COVID. Yes. I'm it's a quarantine. I'm in Palm Springs. Mm-hmm. I'm in swimming in my pool. Yeah. In Palm Springs, which I, I left my I left L.A. pretty immediately moved to Palm Springs. I got an incredible house during uh, the part of the pandemic where it was like, should we touch doorknobs? I was like, fuck it. I'm going to live. I'm still in that part of the pandemic. I got, well, okay, we were wiping down our groceries. Allison's still there. Anyway. I don't wipe down my groceries, but I wipe down anything from a drugstore. Sure. That, sure. What's that about? Couldn't tell you. People go there, they're sick. Um, anyway, so I was like, F this. And I went and I, and I got for three months a house in Palm Springs that now I could not afford for um, two days. Uh, but I got it for such a good price. So I moved out to Palm Springs to, um, for the apocalypse. And I'm there and I... <laughs> And I'm swimming and I reach down to like, you know, adjust my bathing suit. And I'm like, what the hell is this? And then I'm like, wait, oh, it's part of the bathing suit. Oh, it's not part of the bathing suit. What is this? And then it was like, oh, it was something on on my vagina. And I was like, what the fuck? It was very jarring. Wait, it's like a bug. What are you talking? No, about? it was like, a. It, I'll tell you, it was it was like a, a well, it's giving away the end of the story. OK, but it was like, a. you know, it was it was attached to me. 
like assist. Yeah. Or an ingrown hair. Yeah. Or something. But I didn't, it was, I didn't realize that at first. How big was it? Too big. Okay. And I was like, what? And then I was freaking out. And then I was like, wait, cause it's like jarring to be like, oh, this is on me. So I'm like freaking out. My friend Liz is a, a OBGYN mm-hmm. in Philadelphia. She was in Philadelphia at the time. So I'm like texting her, freaking out. And then I was like, I'm, I can't explain. I'm just going to have to send you a picture of my, of my poos. And she was like, okay. So I just sent her a full picture of the vagina. And then she was like, yeah, okay. So you got to go get that drained actually. What was it? Fucking cyst, a cyst. I don't know. Yeah. Sugar has a cyst under her eye right now. Did you have to send a picture of her vagina to a friend? No, but I have sent pictures of her vagina to, I feel like the doctor. Well, 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 a few weeks ago, a few months ago, I thought I tried to, to take one of Sugar's nipples off by accident because I thought that maybe that was a, a growth. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no. I thought it was a tick. I thought that her nipple was a tick. And then we were sending photos of the nipple to the, to the vet who was like, I don't know what that is. You got to bring her in. And then we brought her in only for them to be like, that's your dog's nipple. That's been there this whole time. <laughs> oh, my God. There's, a, there's a, a, a meme that's like that. Do you know about that? No. There's like this funny video where it's a guy and he's like a vet or something. And he's talking about how this woman came in and was insisting her dog was covered in bugs. And it was just the dog had nipples. It's confusing. She kept the woman kept being like, no, this is a male dog. And then the one of the punchlines is that the vet goes, ma'am, does your husband have nipples? (laughs) But what's great is that my my friend Liz, I think, has looked at people like I think has has as a friend looked at people's like vagina problems in person as well. Oh yeah. Well, I looked at my friend's uh, hernia scar the other week. Oh, how was it? Well, I thought it looked okay, but it turned out it wasn't, and her body was rejecting the stitches. Babe, you're not a doctor. Yeah, I know. Now I know that. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is just between us, a variety show filled with heartfelt medical advice, ridiculous case, and brutal. Brutal honesty, including that your hernia scar looks fine. Wait, so how do they drain the cyst? They just like poke it? Yeah. Was it painful? Yeah. Oh, God. I could. Yeah. I don't want to get into more of it, but yeah, it was not good. Okay. We had to go back a second time. Because it filled up again? Uh-huh. Ugh, it's the worst. Yeah. Anyway, we've got a really lovely episode <laughs> for everyone today. Yes, we have Scott Shigeoka answering tough questions about curiosity. And look, curiosity is what got us to this intro today. Yes, we are so curious about the the body of all species. Oh my god! <laughs> and later, we're going to be talking about the "What About Me" effect, which, if you haven't heard of, don't worry, we'll explain it to you. Up next, we've got an exciting interview with our highly esteemed guest, Scott Shigeoka. So stay tuned. Hi, everyone. Allison here. Anyone who knows me well knows that I love to read. I am always looking for new books, and that is why I'm so excited that this episode is sponsored by Book of the Month. Book of the Month's mission is to help readers discover new books they love and to promote the work of emerging authors. It was so fun for me to get to pick which book I wanted to read this month and have it shipped right to my door. Book of the Month makes it easy to decide which book to read next. Each month, the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles. They pick some of the best 
new books for you to choose from. All the books are good, so you can't go wrong. Every aspect of the Book of the Month experience is designed to be fun and special for readers. They have a highly anticipated release at the beginning of each month. Books are delivered in this really adorable bright blue box, and there's a fun app to help you pick your book and track your reading process. They also offer great values on new release hardcover fiction. It's much cheaper than other options. Shipping is always free. And with a loyalty program, you get rewards and even lower prices the longer you stay as a member. My first book from Book of the Month was The Husbands by Holly Gramazio. I am tearing through this book. It is so fun. It's basically about this woman who one day comes home and there's a husband in her apartment. And she's like, where did you come from? And then she figures out that every time her new husband goes into the attic, a new husband comes out. And she's, she's like shuffling through all these different husbands from the attic, trying to figure out which one is the best. It is right up my alley and I love it so much. So if you want to take part in Book of the Month and have a brand new book shipped right to your door every single month, go to bookofthemonth.com and get your first book for $5 with code PEDALS. That's $5 off with code PEDALS. I cannot recommend this enough. With Mother's Day around the corner, are you thinking about a truly special gift for your mom? Let me tell you all about mylifeinabook.com. It's a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book. Pretty cool, right? Here's how it works. Every week, mylifeinabook.com will send her a question via email. These can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom questions you wish to ask. And then she can either type her response or use their voice-to-text feature. And mylifeinabook.com compiles all her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. And guess what? They can even create an audiobook using her voice recordings. It's like preserving her voice and her stories for eternity. Imagine discovering stories about her youth, adventures, and the challenges she overcame. This book becomes a legacy, something you and future generations can treasure forever. Your mom's given you a lifetime of stories. This is your chance to give her a way to share them. Right before I found out about this project, my mom made an offhand comment about wanting to write a memoir because she had such a wild childhood and there are all these things she's never really talked to us about. But asking someone to sit down and write a memoir is kind of daunting. So then I got her mylifeinabook.com and now she's getting prompts to answer on a weekly basis and it's a lot easier than just undertaking an entire memoir. I'm so excited to see what my mom does with mylifeinabook.com because she's someone who doesn't always feel comfortable just sharing about herself, but having these prompts and knowing that I really want to hear her answers is going to inspire her to probably share more with me about her life and her upbringing than I've ever been shared with before. So I'm so excited for that. Check out mylifeinabook.com and use code just between us at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day. That's mylifeinabook.com. Use code just between us for 10% off today. Welcome back to Just Between Us. It's time for the juiciest, most scandalous, most controversial segment known to all of podcasting. Tough questions. This week on the show, we have Scott Shigeoka, an internationally recognized curiosity expert, speaker, and author. His forthcoming book, Seek 
How Curiosity Can Transform Your Life and Change the World comes out November 14th, or it maybe already came out, depending on how we are in the future. Hey, Scott. <laughs> hey, greetings from the future or the past of the present or all three. Oh, thank you so much for joining us. I, I want to start off with just like, what? how do you define curiosity? Yeah, so curiosity is... You know, we all use it for trivia. Like, we want to get all the right questions. It's this intellectual desire to know or search for understanding. It's like, what's that tree in that backyard? Or we like go on that Wikipedia rabbit hole and we're like, Beyonce made what on her Renaissance tour? You know, like that curiosity is is, is how we mostly know of, of it. But I like to talk about it as like a heart-centered tool too. I like to bring it down from the mind into the heart and see it also as this force for connection. Like when you turn to your partner or your colleague, or your friend and you ask them questions and you get to know them and you unearth stories and you know what they're interested in and what makes them come alive and lights them up and what pains they're going through right now like that is also curiosity and that is the curiosity I'm really excited about what makes you a curiosity expert like how did you get started like on that specifically yeah. So, well, we're all born with curiosity, which is nice. Like that's helpful for the creds, but um, <laughs> also, you know, like, you know, we are, you know, like they've done research and they found that like novel uh, infants are looking at novel stimuli for longer than known ones. It means that it's not something that's taught to us. And it makes sense when you look back at our ancestors, you know, we needed someone in the group that was curious to be like, oh, should we eat this mushroom? Or like, oh, is there water over there? Like just around that mountain, you know, <laughs> and it helped us to connect to one another and learn and build tools. And there's also social curiosity, which is about connecting with people. And I'm just like a nerd. Like I love just like learning about things and getting super deep in it. And so, you know, just my way of being is already a naturally curious person. I love like crafting stories. Like, you know, I wrote this book. Um, but, you know, I, I also like recently have been thinking about and looking out at the world. And it's, it's just like every month there's something new that's happening in the world that just brings me to this realization that there's so much dehumanization going on right now. Like people are just othering people. I don't understand you. You are the enemy. You, you know, I'm on a different side of you on this geopolitical, you know, crisis. Like, I don't want to get to know you. I'm canceling you. Like you're, you know, and it's just, it's really, it hurts my heart. It makes me really sad. And when I was like, trying to figure out how can we heal, like, how can I heal my own relationships? when the world is exploding and how do we maybe come back together in real ways so that we can solve real problems. And, you know, curiosity kept coming up over and over again. And so I've been doing a lot of research around curiosity at UC Berkeley's Great Good Science Center. I've been teaching classes on it at UT Austin. And yeah, and I went on a road trip across the country where I was like, I'm going to bring my curiosity to a Trump rally, to a mega church, to focus on the family, to places that were like, I need you to hear us and to understand our stories and to see the suffering that is created when legislation or when narratives are out in the world. Um, and, and, you know, because the direction of curiosity matters, and I can talk about that later. But that, that was sort of the journey of, of sort of the, the road trip. But yeah, I, I've just been sort of like, it's been like a thread in my whole career has, you know, curiosity has been like a big part of it. I like when you talk about it as the ability to connect or that it's connection mm -hmm. to disconnection, because yeah. I was like, okay, so what does curiosity expert mean? And then I was like, mm. okay, I see. So there's this thing now where you're sort of narrow minded or you're stuck in what you've been taught or 
what you, you know, a, a lack of um, seeking out people outside of your yeah. existing circle. And is that what you're talking about? You're talking about like um, yeah. asking people deeper questions and, and trying exactly. to, rather than fearing each other, trying to like talk to each other. Exactly. Like, you know, we, you know, because of the news and cultural narratives, like we're all told certain things about groups of people, right? And our own injuries too. You know, I, you know, I have my own moral injury coming up as a queer person and like a dominant Christian part of Christianity that, you know, made me feel like who I am is not enough. Um, it, you know, who I am means that I'm going to hell, you know, and, and it, that moral injury, that spiritual injury actually made me feel that all Christian folks were like that. And it took me to this place of narrow-mindedness where I closed myself off from religion. And anytime someone said they were of any religion or, or, or Christian, I was just like, oh, hell no. Like, I don't want to hang out with you. Like, I, I can't, I can't fuck with it. And then I started to like, you know, have this moment of, of where a colleague basically was like, we're not all the same. Like, actually, I have like so many queer people in my church and there's actually queer clergy. And like, they're like, we're not all the same. Like some people are, are hateful and are putting out those kinds of narratives who are Christian, but there are others of us who are actually very celebratory. And some of us who are queer ourselves and have a spiritual life. And I was like, what? And I like got invited to his church and there was like a pride flag that was like hanging out in front of it, you know? And I told people I was queer and like people were very sort of open and, and, and it was so normalized, you know? And it was a very different experience than what I grew up in. And, but this happens a lot. I mean, it happens with the way that I thought about Trump voters, you know, I thought they were all illiterate from rural America. They were, you know, uneducated, dangerous, you know, and then I actually went to Trump rally and I met folks and I saw our commonalities and our differences, you know, and it just humanized them. And it made me realize like, wow, no two Trump voters are the same, just like no two Christians are the same. Right. And, you know, we, we get into these patterns where we just kind of close ourselves off from one another and we get really incurious. We don't want to ask those deep questions. We don't want to get to know people. And then we start, then it, it sort of exasperates our fear. You know, it makes us fear that person that we don't know. Oh, you're like different. You're like this sexuality, this race, this gender. I don't understand you. So I'm going to, I fear you. And then we lose those connections and that, that possibility to have mutual understanding. But like, you know, from therapy that if you fear something, the thing you're supposed to do is to come into contact with it in a positive way. You know, you, you're afraid of spiders. Okay, imagine it in your mind. Okay, look at a spider on a piece of paper. Okay, you know, see it in real life, you know, behind a glass box. Like, get closer and closer to it, you know, driven by your curiosity. And, you know, you know, through that exposure, you actually reduce that fear and anxiety that you have with that, that, that thing or that group of people that you once did fear. What about coming up on them being incurious about you? So I imagine with Trump voters, right? Like yeah. they're they're not curious about other people. So some folks that I met were definitely I, you know, because I was really surprised. I, you know, they weren't they were actually interested in sort of my stories and like why I was there. Like because I I didn't hide anything about myself. I was like I'm progressive. I'm queer. You know I'm you know I came on this road trip from San Francisco. You know like those are like the words that are like you know like alarm bells, but. People, you know, actually one person, for instance, at this Trump rally in Minnesota, he was like, I think the LGBT, like he, well, he said gay, he said the gays, but he was like, you know, I think the gays like also deserve <laughs> equality too. And I was like, yes, that's great. I'm glad you think that. And, you know, I learned that he actually had people in his family that he knew who was, you know, who identified as gay. And so, you know, but then there were others, true, who like kind of had suspicion or were on the defensive or were incurious towards me once they found out like, that identity that I was like a Democrat, you know, and, you know, and I think 
what I what I learned is that through the research, when you are curious and you model your own curiosity by asking questions, it's more likely other people will become curious. You're, this is true for parents who want their children to be curious, educators who want their students to be curious, but it's not going to always happen. You know, like you might be in a relationship for years and you're like giving your all to this person and you're being curious about them, you're valuing them, but that is not coming back in return. And that's why I have a whole chapter in my book about boundaries, because sometimes you do have to get inwardly curious and say, wow, I'm being harmed every time I'm in this relationship. This is not, you know, supporting me and my well-being or the relationships that I have with my loved ones. And I have to do the hard thing of going no contact or like creating a separation of some kind. But on the the same token, right, if I had given up on my my loved ones who didn't understand me when I came out as queer, like this was many years ago, and we're like, oh, I don't like, no, this is a phase or like, maybe you're just, you know, like all the things that like many of us who are listening in have probably experienced too. It took them a couple months, you know, to really turn the bend and really understand me and, and, and move through their discomfort and their fear to accept and love and celebrate me. I remember my mom called me and was like, I didn't vote for this candidate because, you know, they were anti-LGBTQ. And I was like, yeah, mom, like what a journey we've been <laughs> on, you know? So so I, I'm glad I didn't like cancel that relationship and cut these relationships early, you know, and really just stood in that and knowing my boundaries, knowing what the limits would be, you know, to protect myself, but staying just long enough for those who did come around to come around, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. We're going to take a quick break, but stick around. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. And we're back. I'd love to like dive into more about the curiosity about yourself. And, Mm. you know, because I think like, especially in certain forms of therapy, like there's this idea that like, oh, if I can understand why I am the way that I am, then I can maybe change. But I actually think that sometimes understanding the way you are doesn't necessarily fix the problem. Um, but maybe yeah. you have a different uh, opinion about that. Yeah. And it's so interesting. Like, and I'm so curious, like, what are the inward? So there's three directions to curiosity, right? That I talk about in the book. There's inward curiosity, which is what we're talking about here. Getting curious about our emotions, our stories, our past, you know, who we are, our purpose. There's outward curiosity, getting curious about other people, the systems we're in, um, the culture we're in. And then there's the beyond, which for some is like the divine and God. And for others, it's just, you know, my ancestors who are no longer in the physical realm or seven generations from now who, you know, the, you know, the future will be. And so considering who's not here physically with us, but is important is also a key curiosity direction. And for inward, like, I'm curious, like what all of our sort of inward curiosity questions are right now. Like for me, like I'm really exploring, you know, like, why am I so triggered by disappointment when I disappoint like the people that I love? And, you know, just knowing these questions, I don't necessarily have the answers, but I have more awareness and an understanding and compassion towards myself for, you know, the ways that I'm activated as I move through the world and my relationships. And, you know, sometimes we just don't need to fix things. You know, curiosity is not about fixing or solving. It's just about really understanding in an open-hearted way. You know, it's like when your kid comes to you and they're like, 
I did such a bad job like on that baseball game and we're just like no 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 you did great like the team you won like you know that you're everyone else on your team did great and and that sort of deteriorates their trust in themselves and their confidence in themselves because the way they see the world is being sort of opposed or contradicted by this person that is taking care of them they're like no like how you view the world is wrong like it is actually this way right and instead if that parent came from a curiosity uh, perspective of curiosity and was like oh my gosh, like that sounds really hard and messy and difficult. Like what was it about the game that made you feel like you you didn't do so well, right? Like that opens up an exploration that is so much more about the connection between the child and the parent than it is about like trying to fix, you know, that that child's, you know, feelings, you know, because their feelings are valid. And also their definition of failure might be so different from your own. You know, you might be really uncomfortable with that word, but they're like, whatever, I fail every day, you know? So <laughs> I think, I think that's like important, you know, like the, like curiosity sort of like breaks down those assumptions we have. But um, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I do think that knowing the questions won't necessarily, you know, help you to cope or sort of like, you know, heal yourself directly, but it it, it is, it is sort of a gateway to it. You know, all the trauma-informed therapists I talk to, they're like, you know, curiosity is, you know, Kevin Becker, he says, curiosity is the barometer of healing. So when he sees that in his patients, like he knows, like they're on the right track, you know, they're, they're on this journey of healing. They're like being curious about the world again. I don't know if that resonates. Like, I don't know if there's like things that you've found on your all's like inward curiosity journey where, you know, just exploring the questions and living them and loving them and you know, just trying to like come into awareness of who you are and being really compassionate and loving towards that can actually be like healing in and of itself, you know, without having like the answers or trying to fix anything, you know, or change ourselves. Yeah, that's the thing that is, it's making me think of is like compassion and empathy for yourself, which I think makes you maybe better able to have compassion and empathy for others. And it's, you know, it's very hard for me sometimes not to jump to the conclusions. Um, and I think like a thing that I'm learning right now, too, is is to have curiosity for other mm. people because it's um, you might not get the answers you want. That's the thing mm -hmm. about curiosity yeah. is that you can ask, yeah. but you can't control what comes back to you. Yeah. And also, you know, it's you, you don't deserve curiosity. You know, like I read about in the book how there is this little girl who has a prosthetic and there was a little boy who was like on a play date with her and was like very fascinated by prosthetics and hers and was like, I, I want to touch it. Like, I, I'm so curious. Like, how would it happen? Like, tell me everything. And what, you know, the the sort of, you know, what that comes from, that desire to want to know about her prosthetic, like the mom and her were like, no, like, we need to put up a boundary. Like, this is not making her feel safe. Uh, her autonomy is not being respected. Her privacy is not being respect respected. I like totally understand like the curiosity your 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 son is coming from, but like, this is not okay with us. And the the recognition that sometimes curiosity comes from a place of ableism or like sometimes it comes from a place of like, I deserve to know, you know, and that's why we have protections. Like in the hiring process, you can't ask certain questions because we need to value the the privacy and the autonomy of people. And, you know, sometimes you, you shouldn't ask people questions about their culture because they're asked it every fucking day. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can go look that shit up yourself, <laughs> you know? So, like, you know, like, curiosity is not always, it is not deserved. It's something that requires trust in a relationship. And to your point, it's so, it's challenging to do. It's like, it's like work, it's like a muscle, you know what I mean? Like, it requires us like, mm -hmm. to do it constantly, to practice it. How can you know when it is appropriate to ask? 
more questions versus like when you maybe are like overstepping. Yeah. Well, so there's like the, I use like the ocean, you know, as an I'm from Hawaii. And um, so the curiosity is a spectrum. The search for understanding is a spectrum. So you have shallow on one side and then deep on the other. It's just like the ocean. So shallow curiosity is like this gateway into like conversations. You're like, oh, what's your name? Oh gosh. Oh, you have this cool uh, podcast. I love it. You know, okay. Tell me more about that. You know, it's, it sort of like gets you in the door, you know, through the door, but there, as you move along the spectrum towards deep curiosity, those are the questions that are about like really diving underneath the surface, you know, like really like asking, you know, instead of like, what's your name? You might ask, what's the story of your name? Or like, who named you? Or like, what's your relationship to the people who named you? Or, you know, like, tell me more about like the way you feel about your name. Like, does that, you know, what are the emotions you have about it? Right. So that, you know, gives you a lot more texture and a lot more depth about a person but you don't necessarily want to start there, you know, in a conversation, right? Like you don't want to like, you know, go up to someone that you're just meeting for the first time and be like, yo, tell me your deepest childhood trauma. Let's go. By the way, I'm Scott, right? Like that's, I mean, I would be down to do that because I'm that person that doesn't like small talk, but you know, not everyone is down with that. Like that's not appropriate for a lot of people. Like they would feel very confronted by that and feel like they are being aggressively pushed into a place that they don't want to go to, right? And so I think starting from a shallow part of curiosity and just like getting to know people in the very beginning stages is like a really helpful way in. And then obviously, you know, asking the question and checking in and making sure that the person you're being curious with is comfortable, you know, like, you know, what, what, you know, what do you, do you need questions from me right now? Or do you need me to just sit here and listen? Like, do you, do you want advice from me right now? You know, like ask, actually asking what someone wants or needs from a conversation and the level of curiosity they're looking for it is really, really helpful too, because oftentimes we just assume, you know, we, we have these assumptions that we make about others in these conversations and just kind of like rapid fire at them. And they're like, whoa, that was like way too much for me. Like I need you to dial it back. <laughs> yeah. Like, which is what I, the feedback I get often, honestly. Yeah. Like, and, and I need to be like, I'm so sorry. I just get really excited. You know, I'm very like an infectiously curious person and I have to apologize a lot. And I think that's the other part is like have grace, forgiveness, you know, making apologies and saying I was wrong. I was like, I say that a lot. I'm like, I was so wrong for asking that question in that moment. I'm really, really sorry. I really am from the bottom of my heart. You know, a lot of people, it's hard for them to say that. Like I was wrong or, you know, I did, you know, that that, yeah. that was hard, you know. But so I think people appreciate that honesty too, you know. And I'm curious about like two things you've touched on, which is like one, like the the third component of curiosity, which is like, you know, the meaning of life, like what's going on, like all, why are we here? All that stuff. And then also like religion, because I think in a way, Mm. believing in a organized religion sort of takes away the curiosity because it's like, Mm. and this is how the world, this is how the world was created. And this is how, do you know Mm. what I mean? Like where Mm. does curiosity fall if you are uh, incredibly religious? I disagree. Yeah. Oh, okay. See, we have difference here. We have difference here. Wait. I think that at least uh, my, my coming back into understanding Judaism a lot more as an adult is that it actually asks more questions than it answers. Yeah, um, but I, I'm other, I'm not necessarily speaking just about Judaism. You're speaking about like someone who's like, I, I'm like wondering Mormonism about this. is like, and this is what happens. And then you will get this many brides and then you will like, you yeah, know, or you get people, your own planet. And yeah, mm, I get mm. that. Um, but I do think mm. there is a lot, if if done correctly, 
it should uh, ask more questions than it answers, I think. And one of the fun things is interpreting stuff and trying to figure out what this actually means. Yeah. Rather than just, I think, people who say, well, because Jesus. That, that's like, uh, that's people who are, I think, misunderstanding what, what religion is supposed to be. But I don't know. Yeah, I think, I mean, I'm not, you know, disclaimer, I am not a religion expert, but like, I, I do think that I have met a lot of people from various faith traditions. And I, I see the same thing as I see like, no two 34, 35 year olds are the same, we're all the same age, like no two like, you know, uh, Trump voters are the same, no two, you know, San Francisco folks are the same. And it's true about folks who have faith traditions of the, you know, they, 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 they run the gamut. They're across the spectrum. You know, I've, I've met folks who are Latter-day Saints, actually. Like, I partied with them and had, we lived in a group house. I No lie. I went to Singles Ward. I, like, they are some of the most interest, inquisitive and, like, interesting humans who really push back even on their own, like, what's happening out in Utah. And there's, like, spirited conversations that are happening internally. There's, like, these WhatsApp groups. Because some of the folks who I met were Latter-day Saints and were also gay. You know, so it's just, it's, it's really interesting. It's, it, you know, I think it's always we have to like find the nuance and really comp and, and not assume that the person that's in front of them is, you know, just like everyone who I know who is Jewish, you know, you are the same way and you practice in the same way, right? Like we all sort of come into religion in different ways. And, but, but I think to your point, there are people who, you know, use it as an excuse. It's almost like a spiritual bypass or something, right? It's like, well, my religion tells me that there is something wrong with you. And I know everything I need to know because I know that that the source is everything. The divine is everything. So I'm not gonna learn anything about you. And that's not okay. Either, you know what I mean? Like we, you have to be open to under, you know, everyone has to be open to understanding and seeing the humanity of one another, you know? If you want to hear the rest of this episode, and let me tell you, you do, head over to patreon.com slash justbetweenus. And for $3 a month, you can get access to all of our podcast episodes in full ad-free. You can also get merch for this podcast at justbetweenuspod.com or alisonraskinexposed.com. Okay, that's it. Ta-ta-la-tee-too. <laughs> Ta-ta-la-tee-too. <laughs> <laughs>